naturally occurring psychoactive compound, psilocybin, is found in over 200 species of mushrooms. Despite their millennia of use by humans for mental and spiritual well-being, they have been classified falsely among the most dangerous and illegal of substances. Locked away from those who need them most. The Psilocybin Chronicles documents the individuals who courageously consume, collect, or cultivate these mushrooms to improve the quality of their lives. Won't you join us as we welcome the return of psilocybin? Welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. I am your host, Eric Osborne. This podcast is intended for education and harm reduction purposes only. The Psilocybin Chronicles, nor myself, condones any illegal activity. Christina Ignito is a transpersonal and somatic psychotherapist with a private practice in Petaluma, California, where she works with individuals, couples, and families coping with trauma, grief, loss, depression, anxiety, and finding meaning and purpose in their lives. She also offers psychedelic integration work and has been a licensed clinical social worker since 1986. Christina is a certified ketamine-assisted psychotherapist and has completed the Certificate in Psychedelic Therapy and Research Program at the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco, California. Along with three colleagues, she has founded the first psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy clinic in Petaluma. Christina is a writer, solo performance artist, public speaker, choral singer, and amateur photographer. More information about her work can be found at ChristinaIgnito.com. Won't you join me in welcoming Christina to the Psilocybin Chronicles? Christina, welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. Thank you, Eric. It's a pleasure having you back in Jamaica as well. I am thrilled to be here. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> I mean, it's a great place, right? Oh, my God. Jamaica's, you it's lived incredible. in Hawaii for a while. How do you, I did. How but do treasure, you? There is something really special about Treasure Beach. I agree The local with that. flavor, the local people, the welcome. It's so non-touristic. It's just people living their lives here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. To Indeed. be able to be welcomed into that without people changing their lives to take care of the white people coming down here. I love that. Yeah, I'd yeah, it's just it's just natural. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And the beauty is just extraordinary. Well, this is the first time we've done a podcast from right here, uh-huh. so you well, got a, you got a great view. If people could see what we were seeing right now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty chill, pretty chill. Well, it is really, really a pleasure to have you back down, and I am very curious. We have not talked about any of these questions yet, but Exciting. you, Christina, if you as interesting as you are could eat psilocybin mushrooms with anybody who would that be and why you know i've been thinking about that question today and there's not one person there's no way Mm -hmm. that there's one person so several (laughs) answers came to me one is ancestors of my own Mm. to be able to sit down with them Mm. and change the trajectory of their lives Mm. and then thus my life yeah yeah uh and then i think about the people who I work with in the prison mm. and before they made the sorts of decisions that they made that brought them on a path of horrific things to be able to do medicine with them and show them who they really are, yeah. to have the medicine show them who they really are. And then I thought oh. about Maria Sabina. And then I thought about Timothy Leary. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine <laughs> sitting down. The greats. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, so many. And then, you know, what would it have been like with my mother and my father? Wow. wow. Yeah. No, no. It's kind of a loaded question. Not a it's simple like, well, answer. everybody and nobody yeah. <laughs> for me. You know, I'm like, I'd like to do it by myself. I'd yeah. like to eat with everybody. I, I, yeah. And what you brought up there in particular with convicted felons mm-hmm. or individuals who have made these very unfortunate choices in their lives and and how this medicine could have helped to change their trajectory uh, is something that you know i share with and think with so often just all these people that are hurting and then these actions that come out of this trauma and what we know is that hurt people hurt people yeah so what would happen if they had an alternative to that hurt and what we also know is that healed people heal people Mm. and Mm. isn't that part of what we're doing here (laughs) yeah Uh, and we're all in varying degrees yeah it's it's a process like we like we're saying all the time it's not an event it's a process process. yeah yeah well let's let's talk about your process with psilocybin when were you first introduced even from an ideological standpoint to magic mushrooms I would say as a older teenager, mm-hmm. so I certainly didn't know about all of what I know about psilocybin right. now. Right. But then it was a party drug. It was let's go, let's go to a rock concert. Let's uh, let's just go and have fun. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did with psilocybin in my early days. And I particularly, and psilocybin still does this for me, and it's never stopped doing it for me. My connection to nature mm-hmm. has been so deeply enhanced mm-hmm. with psilocybin as my guide. Absolutely. I mean, the aliveness of nature, <laughs> and it, it just blows me away, just how alive everything is and the miracle. We are surrounded with miracles. Right here, it's infinite number of miracles right now, and psilocybin has opened all of my senses to that in a way that nothing else has. Oh, so beautiful. So when in these early experiences, though, did you ever have one of them kind of go sour or scary, or was it just all just kind of fun and games? No, I didn't. I I don't understand the concept of a bad trip. Yeah, really. well, I, yeah. I, I feel. I that mean, I know people well. have had them, and mm. and you know that speaks to a lot of things. But no, I have not yeah. had that. So a lot, of, a lot of times you see, or I, I've I've heard and known of people who were getting into psilocybin playfully, and all of a sudden, you know, the mothership comes down, or they're visited by some ancestor. You know, you're talking and. and it, it can be startling, and you can learn very quickly that this is not a play thing. No, no, no. This is, I, it's, it's very similar. I mean, the ocean is a metaphor for mm-hmm. me to psilocybin. Yeah, I right? have deep respect for that incredible power and force, and the medicine is the same way to me. I need to know what my rightful mm-hmm. place is mm-hmm. with the medicine, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I bow before the medicine mm-hmm. and I am very humble mm-hmm. it I truly believe that it is the superior intelligence mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. and wants to be our ally mm. and I I am humble before it wow yeah that's a great that's a great of uh, that that right there yeah. you can float away on it you can relax and it can also chew you up and drown yeah. you yeah. you know and I, it's not attached to any of it and it's not you know, exactly yeah. 
<laughs> and, and, and if it chews me up and spits me out, it's not because it has any ill intention. No, right, right. It has, and the medicine has, I so believe in the beneficent intention of this medicine. Mm, it mm. truly wants the highest good for us. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. If you're looking for comfort and ease, uh, I don't know. you got to try a whole other path. Yeah, absolutely. So when did it become therapeutic? Uh, it became therapeutic when I took my first serious descent psychologically in my life. And I've, I've not been a person who has struggled with depression or anxiety in mm. my life. I've, I've been really a deeply passionate, uh, engaged, uh, full of life kind of person. Really, my whole life, uh, I've been really, really? blessed. In this that is not way. new. This isn't. This. <laughs> Woo! Uh, and then uh, a relationship that I held very dear ended suddenly, abruptly, and the next day I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I took a descent, like I and no one I knew recognized. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who I was. Um, and this was, you know, a good 35 years after my, my beginnings with using all different psychedelic medicine. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even think about psychedelics during that time. I didn't think about anything. I was just completely resigned that my life as I knew it was over. Mm -hmm. um, and then I heard about a study happening very close to where I live, which I didn't believe was going to help me in any way because I, I thought I was beyond help. I just thought, oh, I can go and do free psychedelics? Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I never thought it had it was going to have ah, any value wow. in my life. I just thought, hey, I haven't done some psychedelics in a while. That'll be fun. Let's, let's go down and do it. And uh, there, was a, <laughs> there was a study going on for um, people who had developed anxiety disorders related to life-threatening illness. And I was really nervous during the interview because I thought, shit, I'm going to have to tell them about all the psychedelics. How did you I've catch done. wind of this specific study that suited your unbelievable because a nurse practitioner who had been working with me for a year kept trying to convince me to come to this cancer support group mm -hmm. i wanted no part of her mm -hmm. fucking i don't Sorry, know if yeah, i should yeah. be saying that sort of thing. My, my podcast you fucking cuss all you want girl <laughs> <laughs> so anyway i didn't want any part of her cancer support mm. group i didn't want to be associated with people with cancer i, I didn't want any of that so mm. finally she kept working on me and she got me to go to this cancer support group and there was a woman in that cancer support group who had been a part of the MDMA PTSD studies. And she said to me, I've been doing talk therapy for 25 years. Nothing's helped me. I'm completely cured of my PTSD. Hmm. And I said, oh, bullshit. I didn't buy any of that. But it certainly made me curious because mm -hmm. at that point, I didn't know about all these studies going on. And you had done MDMA before. Oh, yeah. I'd done MDMA tons of times. Okay. Um, but it was wow. all, in my life, it was all recreational. It mm -hmm. was all ritual. It was all ceremonial. I completely was left out of all this, all these studies that were going on. I, I was doing other things, I mm -hmm. guess, in my mm -hmm. life. And then I suddenly learned about all this work that's been going on. And so I was a little nervous during the interview because I thought maybe I ought to lie to them about all the psychedelics I've done. Mm -hmm. But I thought... If I'm going to be doing MDMA with these people, I'm not going to be able to lie because it's going to come out. Right. And so I give them my whole long list of psychedelics over the last 40 years. And the psychiatrist looks at me and says, wow, we have a tripper with us. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's wow. Okay. Get. So that was MDMA. 
What about that psilocybin? Was when, that and, was MDMA. Obviously a huge impact there, but what, what about psilocybin? When and were you so, reintroduced? So that really completely, cha- the study completely changed my life, brought yeah. me back to myself. Uh, you know, I, I just got my life back. Uh, and not only did I get my life back, but then I just started this whole new uh, life path of becoming a psychedelic-assisted psychotherapist. Hmm. Uh, and then, now that I had taken part in the study, I got much more involved with uh, using medicine. So you were again. already a therapist? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've right. been a therapist for 40 years okay. and and using psychedelics for about 40 years as well. I never imagined in a million years that I would combine those together and have an opportunity at this stage of my that's life. So In my early 60s. Wow, that's so be, ironic, yeah. yeah. It's, and it's it, extraordinary it, to me, huh. truly. Wow. And that it took going through the darkest yeah. time in my life yeah. to get me here. To get there. Yeah. So now psilocybin is uh, <laughs> a lot of the people I've been studying with, a lot of people I've been learning with at the CIIS program, certainly at MAPS too, even though MAPS is focused mostly on MDMA. Psilocybin is psilocybin's neck and neck with MDMA. Right. You know, it's fast-tracked by the FDA. We're going to see amazing things going on mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. And we're already yeah, seeing yeah, amazing yeah. things going yeah. on. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm certainly becoming much more f- uh, re-familiarized with, uh, with the medicine of psilocybin. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you have this history of psychotherapy, a history of psychedelics, these have come together, you've gone through trainings, and then now you've been down here with us putting those, uh, some of those trainings into practice and then getting different training or experience yeah. here. Uh, and I am just fascinated at your perspective on what you see, the differences you see in psilocybin-assisted therapy versus just standard psychotherapy practices. Oh, my God. How much time do we have? Yeah, it's, it's my show. Like I said, we can cuss. We got oh all the time we want. God. You know, I mean, people say it. Uh, you can. You, there's 20 years of psychotherapy in a psilocybin session, mm. easily, and it, it's made it actually challenging for me to go back to a traditional psychotherapy mm. practice because the kinds of openings that are possible for people mm-hmm. with psilocybin, uh, it's very. I, I, I don't want to say it's impossible because psychotherapy does wonderful things for many people. Right. But the fast track that opens up the the calcified structures and personality systems and defense mechanisms mm-hmm. that are just softened and melted mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. so the people can get under that and find out who they are before that yes. stuff got in yes. place to protect them, to help them to survive, all the things we've all had to do. But who were they before that and for them to have access to that and then build on that Mm. and somebody used it in the retreat this week free the word freedom it's Mm. really what it's about Mm. to me is to have freedom to access who they really Mm. are Mm -hmm. and to Mm -hmm. be of course connected with this incredible natural world and the cosmological world and and all living things truly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so as a therapist working with psilocybin like yesterday you consumed psilocybin with the guests i did um and you did a very good job at that (laughs) it was Um, really fun but so so talk but it's fun yes and serious 
oh, and it's huge fun responsibility. And it's a huge and, responsibility. And so I'd like for you to talk about that, if you would, the the what it's like facilitating um, as a therapist and being there supporting someone on psilocybin. You are on psilocybin, as is your client or, or patient, subject, however you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh I feel like the psilocybin gives me an entree point to be able to be on the river with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like that's what that's what we're on. We're on a we're on a journey. Mm-hmm. Don't really know what's coming up on the river, mm. uh, and I'm on that river with them. I have a different responsibility than they do. Right. I'm holding the space. I'm helping to keep, number one is helping to keep them safe, being sure that they're absolutely safe mm-hmm. where whatever is going on, and helping to steer them a little bit. I want to get out of the way mm-hmm. and have them have their own experience. And sometimes it is helpful to have a little rudder in mm-hmm, the back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to give them, let them know they're safe, remind them that they're cared for, that they're loved, that the story they've been playing over and over for eons, really it might be okay to let that story go mm. and to just give them the opportunity to feel what it feels like to be held mm. and cared for and respect their space so it's it's a delicate it dance is. sometimes you, i don't want to be intrusive i don't want to direct or lead them and yet i want to hold them and steward them mm-hmm. through this process mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely and I've, I've seen you do uh do that excellently so what are your hopes for this magnificent mushroom that we have here and how it's going to be presented and become a part of our future? You know, I can feel tears welling up, actually, as you ask me that, because I don't think it's any accident that this surge of mush of, of mushroom medicine and, mm. you know, I heard a story recently where they found psilocybin growing outside of a police station somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, this mycelial web is just growing and growing and growing at the very same time that we see these extraordinary dark forces rising mm-hmm. and being emboldened mm-hmm. in our country and in our world. I don't think that there is any accident to that. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like it's a time when they want to ally with us and say, we can help you. We can help you personally, and we can help to change the course of what's going on on this planet. So in a big way, in a really yeah. lofty way, mm-hmm. that's part of what I see. Mm-hmm. I mean, we mm-hmm. we have a huge responsibility right now with what's going on on the planet. Absolutely. And I absolutely believe that these medicines can help to serve the healing of us individually and us as a community of people and the planet Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. nothing short of that (laughs) as a matter of fact and the thing that's near and dear to my heart is is having these medicines accessible to those who are most in need of them Mm. so people coming down having a wonderful time i think that's great Mm -hmm. i I want Mm -hmm. access for everyone Everyone. yes absolutely everyone and i'm also not interested in it only being available to the rich white folk. Yeah. So people who are marginalized and disenfranchised, people of color, people who have been brutalized by our government and by our country with drugs in mm-hmm, the past, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, people mm-hmm. who have severe mental health issues because of societal and cultural issues of racism and misogyny and socioeconomics, I really want 
access for those folks. Absolutely. Yeah. And like this is such important, and I thought we would get get into this uh, important piece of it uh, because what when you when when you talk the way you do, the only thing I can see is the actual mushroom being the solution. Um, and so I'd I'd love for us to talk a little bit about the synthetics, uh, synthetic psilocybin, the pros and cons of it, um, and you know just what are some different ways of thinking about this compound. You know, there's so much controversy in the field right now mm-hmm. about all these things, mm-hmm. and I feel like I come out on the side of, of a Rick Doblin kind of perspective is that let's bring these medicines to the people, mm-hmm. whatever it takes. Right. And sometimes that means there's going to be some for-profit big mm-hmm. uh, groups involved. And so let's hold them to task. Mm-hmm. Let's pay mm-hmm. attention to mm-hmm. what they're doing. Let's train them. Uh, and let's make sure that values are in alignment. So I say let's get these medicines to as many people as possible. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't know that my concern, I guess, or the big question mark that I have is around the regulation and pricing. Um, The mushrooms are, you know, basically not free, but they're real, real cheap. If you find them around police station, they're they're (laughs) free, and you can. Um, But... As an egalitarian psychedelic, uh, psilocybin is just the potential for the mushroom to be to be widely available to those of little means. Yeah. Um, but then the support that needs to come with that, you know. So, like, we're we're gonna have to have if psychedelic medicines are really gonna be integrated into our culture. Then the scope of training and infrastructure and education mm-hmm. that will gratefully, hopefully, be a part of that. Uh, it's going to be massive too, you know. I mean, you start when you talk about the the disenfranchised and the amount of trauma that's out there. Can you imagine how many quote facilitators, people who have experience with psychedelics and trauma, we would need to really start? Yeah. So like, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's going to be a lot, yeah. and and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, look how many people could be called to task and be a part of this just joyful helping relieving of suffering and if we can be if many of us can be called to step up and say let's learn about holding space let's learn about really being present Mm -hmm. with another human being Mm -hmm. let's learn about what it means to listen Mm -hmm. exquisitely deeply and the medicine can really help to teach us that Mm -hmm. if we stay Mm -hmm. in proper alignment and relationship Mm -hmm. with it Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely uh, well, I hope that you are a continued part of the psychedelic revolution or renaissance or whatever it is. Um, I, I have every intention uh, of, think, of, of doing that. Uh, and odds are in your favor. <laughs> <laughs> you just try and make it any other way. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And I, I so look forward to continuing to support Michael. I love what you're doing down here. Thanks. And I love... Uh, I love witnessing the power of transformation and healing, Mm -hmm. and this is what we are being given the good fortune to witness Mm -hmm. here and to help uh, facilitate, and that is the deepest honor and privilege that I know. It really really is. Yeah, thank you for that, and thank you for being here. So, last one, Billboard, one of my favorites. I I still... Mm. Well, it really is something (laughs) about freedom. It's Mm -hmm. something about freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, find your freedom through medicine. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, with a big, 
mushroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On civil it. rights. Comes, <laughs> find your freedom. I love it. Find your freedom. It, it, yeah. and, and it is individual as yeah. as well, right? That's true freedom. Yeah. Is when you are you are growing your life. You're yeah. you're being you. It's about sovereignty, sovereignty and agency. Yes. Yeah, it's really about claiming that and empowering you to. To know the deepest part of yourself before you were so wounded that you forgot who you were. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, I've said it before, and I want to. I want to say it here publicly. Just how much I, I admire that you embody that uh, as a woman coming up through a field of rich white men. Uh, I, I I see how you hold and carry yourself, and I, that indicates to me just a little bit of what you've gone through to stay as sovereign and as dignified as you are and and as fucking crazy and that's, you know i love all those things about your you <laughs> in all the good ways uh, well you seem yeah. to have found much of your freedom there's always yeah. i guess more exploration well, it's to a do, process but for all of yeah, us yeah. yeah and we continue on and we continue to deepen knowing what truth and freedom are so what blessings indeed indeed yeah. well thank you again christina Thank you, Eric. All right. It's been a pleasure. Indeed. Find your freedom. What does freedom look like to you, listeners? Maybe we should all give that a little thought, huh? Um, possibly. Perhaps. Even the word freedom has been so bastardized that many of us don't even know what it means. Personally, I think I see examples of this pretty frequently. Individuals imprisoned in a hell of their own making. I myself have been working for years to construct a world of true freedom for me. The taste of institutional imprisonment that I experienced after being arrested for psilocybin administration in 2015 shocked me into a state of panicked desperation. And that was just a week in jail. Also eight weeks of house arrest and two years of probation, but not anything compared to what some face. It was enough, however, to show me how valuable freedom is, and it was the first time that I had ever encountered the reality of imprisonment, a reality for far, far too many people. Christina has offered her life and service to those who have been imprisoned, many for the rest of their lives. The thought of this, of being behind bars for the rest of your time on earth, can you imagine a greater punishment or one that is more out of line with humane treatment of humans. One of the aspects of this life that I experienced in my short time under incarceration is the cyclical nature of imprisonment. I met fathers who followed their father's examples and the grandsons did the same, repeating patterns that repeated outcomes. It was heartbreaking to say the least. And this is why when I was released and after I got through my sentencing, and no, 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 I am not ashamed to talk about this, though perhaps our leaders should be ashamed at the number of women and men imprisoned for victimless crimes. Well, this is why I form PLEDGE. Uh, PLEDGE, P-L-E-D-G, which stands for Psychedelic Liberation, Education, Discipline, and Guidance, is a 501c3 that is designed to raise scholarship money to help individuals from low-income brackets access psychedelic therapy. You see, when I was teaching inner city middle school, I used to think, man, if these kids could just get guidance with psilocybin at the proper age, we could break these cycles of poverty, violence, and incarceration. And I still believe that wholeheartedly. 
After working with law enforcement in the psilocybin space and at-risk populations in the classroom, it is now my mission to raise money so that the disadvantaged communities and first responders, particularly police officers, can access psychedelic healing. It will start with members of these communities accessing therapy separately, eventually, hopefully, confidently bringing them together. If you're interested in volunteering for Pledge, please, please, please <laughs> visit pledge.org. That's P-L-E-D-G dot O-R-G. You can donate money or skill. Pledge needs web design, marketing help, community organizers, and much, much more. Pledge is currently looking to hire a part-time executive director as well, so if you or someone you know can raise money and has a passion for psychedelic healing and is a leader, well, this might be a great opportunity for you or them. You see, I believe that the power of psychedelics is such that it can even heal communities that are at odds with each other. They can show us the compassion and empathy we need in order to understand the other in order to identify with the other, in order to realize that we too are the other. There are those out there that say I'm a visionary. Well, I did see the psychedelic renaissance coming about 15, 20 years ago, and I see these tools as being crucial to opening up our minds and hearts to creating a world where we do work together, where we do live in harmony, where the color of a person's skin is of no more significance than the color of their eyes. That we can end war and that we can create a heaven on earth. And people like Christina, people like Rick Doblin, people like Dennis McKenna, like myself and so many others who see the future are reaching out into the ether and drawing it closer to us here and now. You're a part of that just by listening. You're a part of that by the work that you do out there. You're a part of that by the smiles that you share with strangers. I truly hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the Psilocybin Chronicles. May all of your journeys, both inward and outward, be safe and rewarding.